Well, last week we looked at um, uh, the awe of God, the fear of God. We began looking at that. And uh, <clears throat> there are some things that I'm just going to hit highlights real quick. And uh, we defined uh, what the fear of God was. And uh, we said in Unger's uh, dictionary, Bible dictionary, um, it says the fear of God is that which is, it springs in love and prompts not to offend God and to endeavor in all things to please him. It's dreads, it dreads God's displeasure, desires his favor, reveres his holiness, submits cheerfully to his will, is grateful for his benefits, sincerely worships him, and conscientiously obeys his commandments. And uh, we looked at another definition that says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We looked at, I'm sorry, that's in Hebrews there. But olive tree uh, translation or definition says, Fearing the Lord means to be in reverent awe of his holiness. To give him complete reverence and to honor him is uh, as, as the God of great glory, majesty, purity, and power. And we looked at in Hebrews chapter 12, or verse 28 and 29, and in that passage of scripture, there's two words there, reverence and godly fear. And we looked those up, and the Greek definitions of those are profound adoring, odd respect is reverence. Godly fear means awe. Awe means fear or dread inspired by something great and terrific to strike the fear and reverence of, to influence by fear, terror, and respect. So the fear of God is to reverence him in complete awe of him, greatly respect him, to esteem and honor, uh, venerate, adore uh, him above anyone and anything else. Hallelujah. Then we looked at what does the Bible have to say about the fear of the Lord, and we looked at several scriptures there. And we also looked at the benefits of the fear of the, law, uh, fear of the Lord, and we looked at some scriptures that talked about that. Then we said, what does the Christ, what does this mean? Learning about the fear of the Lord, what does it mean to the Christ follower? And we looked at some things there that it just means we are to look at God, uh, at, we are to look at God as Abba or Daddy God. Uh, we are a friend of God. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. So we are a friend of God, but we also serve a daddy and a friend who is God. Amen. Almighty God. We love what God loves. We hate what God hates. We call sin what God calls sin. Hallelujah. We reverence, honor, and respect him. Hallelujah. And uh, so we're going to look at tonight uh, a little bit further some things about the fear of the Lord. And, you know, the absence of the fear of the Lord has caused people over the years, and maybe even in some respects in our culture today, uh, not to respect him and not to honor him uh, because of a lack of the fear of the Lord there. Uh, uh, you know, I talked about my mom and how I had this dread of displeasing her and, and ended up displeasing her and uh, causing disappointment. But that fear of God that's in us causes us not to want to hurt him not to want to disappoint him, uh, to always want to please him and uh, respect and honor him, what he tells us to do, what he tells us not to do, and all of that. 
And so um, through the years, the minus of the fear of the Lord um, <clears throat> and there being a lack of the fear of the Lord has been the reason why a lot of ministers have their lives have been cut short because they did not fear and revere the Lord. And, um, and so it, um, in the healing revival, which was in 1947, I think, through 1958, and so there are a number of men and women during that time that uh, God moved through, through them tremendously. The power of God was just flowing through them. Miracles and signs and wonders were happening. Uh, they said uh, people that were living during that time said that healing was in the air and it was flowing like popcorn. It was popping like popcorn. And it, they said it was uh, hard for you not to get healed because there, it was just palpable in the air. And, uh, but a lot of men and women that operated in the power of God uh, lost their lives early because they did not fear God. And part of that is um, they were, there were things about their life that God dealt with them in their life about. There were things in their, uh, uh, in their character that even though they were conduits for the power of God, that their ca character did, could not come up to the place where uh, they were handling the power of God. And uh, uh, there's a saying that your gifting can carry you where your character cannot keep you. And uh, so they, uh, you know, will have tent meetings and uh, tremendous things would happen. Uh, miracles would happen. Um, I remember seeing a video of one, uh, one crusade and uh, they brought a man in on a stretcher and he'd been eating up with cancer and uh, stomach cancer. He was skin and bones, literally skin and bones. And when they brought him in, this uh, minister prayed for him, and the man got up off the stretcher, uh, <laughs> and uh, he started moving his legs on the stretcher. Then he got up, and they, uh, they said that he uh, began eating. He hadn't eaten, I don't know how long. And, uh, and so uh, when miracle in this particular minister's life, when miracles would start happening in his services, because the people saw it and because uh, everything was real high and people were rejoicing over the fact that uh, miracles and signs and wonders were happening, and people were getting healed and uh, changed and transformed, he would start taking up an offering. Because people were high, people were celebrating. And so they, they give freely because of what God was moving in the room. And so they were liberal in their giving. But we don't have to pay for miracles. Jesus already paid for them. Hallelujah. There was another uh, man uh, <clears throat> that was uh, operating in the power of God. But he would go behind, uh, before he would come out, he'd drink uh, hard alcohol before he'd come out. Or in between times when uh, they were tending with people who uh, were in the healing lines or they were adjusting the healing lines, he would go get a drink of alcohol. And you might think, well, how can God use somebody like that? Because those people came there expecting God to move. And this was the hose pipe that was available to do it. And, uh, and so, uh, but even with that, he did not last long. Brother Hagen told us about a gentleman that God sent several, several people to him to correct some behavior that was in him. And he wouldn't listen to him. So he's sitting in one of Brother Hagin's meetings. And uh, so he's up preaching. And the Spirit of God comes on Brother Hagin. And he looks at him. He said, uh, and called his name, uh, whoever he was. And he said, um, the Lord tells me that if you don't 
uh, receive the correction that's been given to you. He said on Saturday afternoon, when you go to put your foot up on the top step of your front porch, you're going to fall dead unless you repent. And the guy got belligerent in the service and got upset in the service. And the ushers had to carry him out. And he could, uh, Brother Hagen could see him because there were uh, glass in the doors, in the sanctuary doors. He could see him fighting the ushers out there and just, you know, screaming obscenities and all of that. And sure enough, on Saturday, when he went to go to the top step of his porch, he fell dead on the porch. So we can have, you know, just like, um, you know, uh, if you operate, work with electricity. Anybody ever been buzzed by electricity? Stuck something you weren't supposed to stick and, you know, uh, what have you. I remember uh, we were in our previous building and uh, uh, Brother um, uh, Earl Williams, uh, he worked for Browns Ferry Nuclear Power Plant and he was an electrician out there and he and Pastor Robert were working on something at the church at the time <laughs> and he told Pastor Robert, uh, you need to be careful at what you're doing and uh, it seemed like to me if I remember correctly, he hammered something that he wasn't supposed to hammer and he got a nice little jolt from that, praise the Lord. So people who work with electricity and work with that kind of power, they have special equipment that they use. They dress a certain way. They have certain kind of boots, I guess, that ground them. They have gloves that they work with, uh, with electricity and all of that. And they have to be dressed a certain way in order and have the knowledge of how to work with that kind of power. And we've seen, especially over the last several weeks, God's pouring out his power on people, but we have to know how to work with that power. Amen. And so what would help us work with that power is the, the fear and the reverence and the honor of God. Hallelujah. So what we, we finish and complete the life or the plan that God has for our lives. Amen. And so, um, Keith Moore was studying these people that were in the healing revival and uh, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, I'm studying these guys and they operated in the power of God. And how many know the power of God is greater than electricity? <laughs> the power of God created electricity. And so, uh, and he said, so if I'm going to work with that kind of, kind of power, if I'm going to operate in signs and wonders and miracles, signs and wonders and miracles, how can I not short circuit my own life? And the Lord said to him, your humility and your teachableness is your protection against dying early. So if we get so proud and we got this and, you know, you know, we thumbs up God. We, I got this. And it says in uh, uh, James that he resists the proud. But who does he give the grace to? He gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. And so, uh, so our humbleness, uh, humility, and uh, teachableness, uh, if you don't know, like that gentleman, he was not teachable. God sent several people to minister to him to help him make course corrections and um, you know, get what was wrong in his life right. But rather than receive the correction and the love of God towards him, he would not. And his life was cut short. 
Now, I know that we're talking along these lines, and this is very serious, but we live in serious times. We live in a time where sin uh, uh, is acceptable. And not just by those who are without the church. The church is saying that sin is acceptable. And so now we're having to define what is sin and what is not sin. And that is according to the word of God. Hallelujah. And so uh, praise the Lord. So the signs of the times in our society, you know, uh, illicit images and, you know, all kinds of things, uh, uh, people doing depraved things. You almost can't turn on the news anymore because of what you hear. Uh, and I've cut out most of the, uh, the national news and I'm listening to the local news and I'm about to cut that out. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but in operating in the power of God, we have to learn how to work with that power. We have to learn how to work just like um, working with electricity and using the power of God. People uh, like uh, some of the folks that I just described, they use the power of God for their own benefit. We looked at Hophni and Phineas last week, uh, Eli's sons, and they were using uh, their position in the power of God for their own benefit and uh, and cause the people to despise their offerings. So we need to maintain a healthy fear uh, of the Lord to a high degree in our lives. And uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Let's turn to Isaiah 40. So electricity, lightning, you know, natural power is very powerful. Uh, I have a nephew in my family uh, that um, he was... Um, my mom, this was years ago, but uh, he was at my mom and dad's house and uh, a storm suddenly came up and my mom had yelled out in the backyard and just told him to, he was riding bikes. And, uh, and so my mom told him, had told him several times, you know, put your bike up and come in the house. And so she stepped out the door again and, you know, Damien, uh, get off that bike and get in the house. And so he was going to take the, the bike to the barn, and he passed a tree. And lightning struck that tree and knocked him off his bicycle and really knocked the breath out of him. They uh, uh, you know, were afraid that he was dead, and so uh, they couldn't get any life out of him. And so my brother grabbed him up, and uh, they called the ambulance. But it would take the ambulance, you know, it's like six miles away, so it would take the ambulance time to get there. So they scooped him up and put him in the car and met the ambulance and got him to the uh, emergency room and got him uh, back breathing again. But uh, it also short-circuited some things in his brain. He had to learn how to talk all over again and, you know, and that kind of thing. And I had a friend in high school that was coming, you know, didn't get off the lake uh, quick enough and passed a tree with his, light, with his fishing pole up. And lightning struck the tree and struck his fishing pole, and he died instantly. So it's not anything to play with. Natural power is not anything to play with. So we have to learn how to work with the power of God. And, one, uh, you know, it is here for us to be blessed by, but at the same time, uh, you know, there was a time when uh, the priests would go into the Holy of Holies, and they had to do things the way that God said to do them. Or they had a little rope around their leg and they would pull them out, you know, if they didn't do everything just right. 
And so, uh, thank God we live in the dispensation of grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's look at Isaiah 40. How do we cultivate uh, uh, the fear of God? How do we cultivate a high degree of the reverence and awe and respect of God? In Isaiah 40, and I'm just, I'm going to skip around just a little bit. So you may want to write down the reference and you can look at it a little bit later, but uh, we're going to try to get rocking and rolling here. But um, <clears throat> these are some scriptures in Isaiah 40 about what God says about himself. Not what somebody else said about him. There's so many times through him, he talks about, I am this, and I am that, and uh, there is no God, other God. We're going to look at those scriptures tonight. So we're schooling ourselves in respect and awe of him. Amen? So Isaiah 40, verse 12. See, it says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure? Weigh the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or has his counselor has taught or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him uh, knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket. And are counting as small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a little thing, a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor is beast sufficient to burn uh, offering uh, for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman molds an image, the goldsmith overspreads it uh, with gold, and the silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished, uh, whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks for himself a skillful worker to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted, scarcely shall they be sown, scarcely shall they, their stock take root in the earth. When he will also blow on them and they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. This is talking about God. To whom will you liken me or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and he uh, and the strength of his power. No one, not one is missing. Let's look at Isaiah 42, 5, Isaiah 42, 5. And uh, let's look at it in New King James, Isaiah 42, 5. 
Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk on it. Continue. Let's go to, uh, go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. And then you can go back at another time and look at these. I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. Let's go to... um, Isaiah 43, 7. So God is saying here, but I, I have knowledge and I will, I will tell you of the things that are to come. And so one of the things about, uh, you know, society today, we were talking about last week how 40 million people that confess to be, uh, be Christians or Christ followers at one time are not following him anymore. And uh, a lot of them are going after the dark side of things. They're uh, operating in witchcraft. They're operating. uh, um, uh, I saw a lady on, um, you know, how they do, if you are on Facebook, they have the shorts on there. And she was, had sage, and she had just bought a house, and she was going through her house with sage, uh, burning sage to get evil spirits out of her house. And so people are going towards witchcraft and uh, different things like that and, uh, and not even thinking anything about it. I was in Target, uh, not Target, uh, TJ Maxx last fall and saw tarot cards in where the journals, I was looking for a journal and saw uh, tarot cards sitting there. Just like, you know, okay, I'm going to buy a journal. Here's some tarot cards. Ouija boards. Kids are playing with Ouija boards and not think. They're looking for spiritual and they think it's okay, and they think it's part of God because it's spiritual. Horoscopes, Pastor talked about that not long ago. Palm reading, crystals. And they're looking for knowledge, they're looking for the supernatural, but they're going to the wrong thing. He said, uh, Who is this that counsel me without knowledge? He is the one that has knowledge, all knowledge. Hallelujah. And we go to him. And he, and again, through all these scriptures, we're going to look at and we're going to rock and roll here. He says through here, I, 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 this is what I do. This is who I am. Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Verse 10 of Isaiah 43, um, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant who I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed, and there are no foreign gods among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God, and indeed, before the day was, I am He. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Before the day was, I am He. Verse 15 I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Isaiah 44 6. 
Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and, uh, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Let him, then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show these, these to them. Do not fear, do not be, af nor be afraid, for I, uh, have I not told you that um, from that time and declared it, you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. And the King James, it says, I know not any. Hallelujah. Verse 24. Uh, 44 Isaiah 44 thus says the Lord your Redeemer and he who formed you from the womb I am the Lord who makes all things who stretches out the heavens uh, all alone who stretches abroad the earth by myself he didn't need any help he did it all by himself hallelujah for uh, verse 21 uh, I'm sorry Isaiah 45, 18. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, for who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. You see a theme here. There is no other God besides me. I am the only one. I am the only God. I looked for another and I could not find any. Hallelujah. Verse 21 of uh, Isaiah 45. Tell, um, tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have I not, have, have not I the Lord? And there is no other God besides me. A, a just God and a savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved. All your, uh, you ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other. He keeps saying that. Isaiah 46, 5. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? And there is no one. Hallelujah. There's no one that can compare to him. Verse 9. Uh, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Isaiah 48:10 Behold I have refined you but not as silver I have tested you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake for my own sake I will do it for how shall my name be profaned and I will not give my glory to another Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, my called, I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth. My right hand has stretched out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand up together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 17, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit who leads you by the way you should go. 
Oh, that you would have had heed my commandments. Then your peace should be like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. We sing songs about peace and we've got peace like a river. And we, we, we don't have peace like a river if we don't have God in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, he just keeps talking about who he is. And if you remember with Jehoshaphat, when those formidable armies came against them, they didn't go and start talking to God about their problem. We got these armies coming against us. We don't have strength or might to fight on our own. They started exalting God and talking about who he is, what the victories he had done in their life. They started exalting him. You are the one that delivered us before. You are God and you are the one in heaven. In Acts chapter Chapter four, they talked about it there where um, they uh, at the gate beautiful, they healed the, the blind man or the ma- lame man at the gate beautiful and they got in trouble about it. And, and Peter went back to his own company. And when they got there, they didn't talk about the threatenings. That wasn't the first thing they talked about. You are God and talked about it, started exalting him and who he is and what he's done and what he's done in the past and what he's going to do in the future. And then they said, now behold their threatenings. <laughs> what were they doing? Rehearsing who he is, cultivating in their own life the fear of God. There is no God greater. There is nothing in this earth that can even compare to him. And God said of himself, I know not any. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we represent him. And if we look at God as just one who blesses and one who blesses us and one who blesses us, we are like a spoiled child. Because when he sees things in us, he has to correct and we have to make adjustments. We're like a father who just gives to their child and gives to their child and not expect expect any responsibility out of them. He is the blesser and he wants to bless us, but he wants children that reflect him too. Hallelujah. Just like we want our natural children to reflect us. He wants us to be his reflection in the earth so people can look at, the, look at us and say, hey, I want to be a part of you guys. Yes. If you remember over in Esther, it talked about how uh, the fame went out among the, uh, the nations when they heard about what God did for the Jews and delivering them from the king. It said that they wanted to be, they had light and joy and gladness and a good day and that they wanted to be just like the Jews because they heard what God did for them. Hallelujah. In Psalm 126, it talks about, you know, um, uh, how it says we rejoice wherein uh, it talks about how they saw what God had done among uh, among the uh, those that worship him. And uh, and they said they were glad about it in Psalm 126. And we can look at that another time. Let's go to Jeremiah 219. Jeremiah 2, 19, thine own wickedness shall correct thee and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God and that my fear is not in them, saith the Lord of hosts. And that is not something we want said of us. We want the Lord to say that he has put his fear in us and that we obey him and we follow him. So... You know, I've even seen the fear of God in people that I love and I respect that are natural people on the earth. Dr. Mary Frances was one of those people. When I was very young in the Lord, 
I saw her relationship with God, her respect towards God, uh, how she revered God, how she revered the Holy Spirit, and something about what was on her life made me want to be like that. And so when people see our lives and when we reflect God, when we honor him, when we reverence him, we, they want to be like us. Hallelujah. And so he deserves the highest respect and reverence. Um, Jeremiah 32, 40. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do good, uh, um, to do them good. I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. God doesn't want us departing from him. He doesn't want sin separating us. from. That's the whole reason why redemption happened in the first place, because sin had separated us from him. And he said he was going to put his fear, his reverence, his respect in our hearts so that we would not depart from him. He wants us to be close to him. You know, again, we talked about this last week, how we can revere and honor people that we can see. Uh, more than God. I remember, uh, you guys know Dur uh, Ann Durant, uh, who's ministered here um, for the Encounter of the Powers, and she was telling us one time that uh, she and uh, her husband were having an intense conversation in their home uh, one day, and uh, just a difference of opinion, and Dad Hagen called, and he said, uh, Mom and I want to come over. And she said, uh, they went through the house and went, we love one another. We love God we, with the love of God. And they start talking about love all over because words hang in a room. And so somebody can walk in a room, but God was already there before Brother Hagin and his wife came. And so here they are, you know, like a mist. Love of God. We, we love one another. We're happy in our marriage, you know, whatever they were saying. So that when he walked in the room, you know, he would feel the love of God in the room. But God is there. Yeah. Hallelujah. So sometimes we have more respect towards them than we do of him. Proverbs 126. So having a, a lack of the fear of the Lord is not realizing who we're dealing with. He is God. And we are to look to him that way. Proverbs 126. I also will laugh at your calamity and I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Then shall you call upon me and I will not answer. And they shall seek me early and they will not find me. For they, had hate, for they hated knowledge. Remember, he knows everything. They hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is something we can choose. When you ever, maybe I'm the only one, but is there something that you know that displeased God that you really wanted to do? Really wanted to do? I remember one time I was dating this guy and uh, I really wanted to date him. And so on a Sunday afternoon, we're sitting on the couch watching a movie and the Lord deals with me and he says, you're going to have to break it off with him and you might as well do it today. And I said, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to break it off with him. And uh, he said, okay. And y'all know, yeah, uh-huh. Will you hear that okay? Do what you want to do. 
and went, I'm sorry, I got to break up with you. <laughs> Even though my flesh, my, I, you know, my emotions wanted that relationship, but God wasn't pleased with it. He's told me later that that relationship would have taken me off his plan for my life. But it was something tangible right now that I wanted to hold on to. Another uh, guy that I dated, and um, uh, we were sitting in the living room talking, and, uh, and he was said, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to, uh, basically, what do you want to be when you grow up? Then I started talking about the things of God. He stood up, and he walked out. And I said, where are you going? He said, I am not going to be responsible. This is fear of God. I'm not going to be responsible for taking your life off track. And I'm following him out the door. I go, what, 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 what happened? And, uh, and he said, nope. He said, don't call. He said, I'm done. He said, you're going in a direction that I'm not ready to go in yet. And he walked out. And I called him later. He, I never, when he walked out that door, I never heard from him again. Because he feared that his influence in my life would take me off of the trajectory that God had my life on. He wasn't even really walking with God. Basically a heathen. But he recognized and feared God enough. I ain't touching this. And here I am. I want it. (laughs) But I chose the fear of the Lord. For that, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised my reproof. So the fear of the Lord is something that we can choose to do. Hallelujah. There are other scriptures. I'm going to give you this one and then uh, we're going to shut her down. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it, to, uh, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now listen to it in the Amplified. All has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God. Revere and worship him, knowing that he is, and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character. It was said of Daniel that Daniel had an excellent spirit about him. The three Hebrew children, they had an excellent spirit about them. What is that? Character. the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all in harmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun, and the whole duty for every man is to fear God. Is to fear God. The end of the matter is fear God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, um, I said that was the last one more, one more, one more. Psalm uh, 85, 9. Psalm 85, 9. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. 
that glory may dwell in our land. Remember the story I started out with you last week was about uh, people chanting, you know, expletives about Jesus. And he said, there is no fear of God in them, and there is no fear of God before their eyes. The Amplified Classic says of Psalm 85, 9, Surely his salvation is near to those who reverently and worshipfully fear him and is ready to be appropriated that, uh, that the manifest presence of God, his glory, may tabernacle and abide in our land. So to fear God is, cause, is to cause his glory to come, to reverence him and honor him. And Jesus even told Brother Hagin uh, in his book, Planned Purposes and Pursuits, He says, you will not see the greater glory until reverence comes back into the church. You will not see the glory of God, the greater glory of God, until reverence comes back into the church. So we looked at scriptures about God and things that he said about himself. And as I was studying this and praying last night, I remembered this this, uh, sermon. And so they're going to pray this for you right now, and then we'll dismiss afterwards. So watch this. I wonder if you know him. Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, no barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his solar supply. Well, he's enduringly strong. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's a centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. Do you know him? Do you know my king? Well, my king is a king of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. 
He's a gateway of glory. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know him? Well, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm coming to tell you, the heavens of heaven cannot contain him, let alone a man explain him. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't even beat him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king. Yay! Do you know him? He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the popular. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah! stand up. Glory. Hallelujah. That's who we worship. That's who we adore. That's who we're in awe of. Hallelujah. That's who we respect. That's who we revere. Glory to God. That's my King. Do you know him? Do you know him? Hallelujah. Glory to God. one. We honor you and magnify you tonight. Hallelujah. Him who sits upon the throne. <laughs> glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. So just what I wanted to do tonight was to stir you up on who he is. Amen. Glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I just thank you for these folks that were here tonight. We thank you, Father God, that the blood of Jesus covers them, their home, their belongings, their families. And as they go home tonight, Father, we just thank you for your divine protection over with that, Father. They're hidden in the secret place of the Most High God. We are in your pavilion, in your habitation, in your safe place. You are our safe place. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. In Jesus' name, amen.